Peace be upon you. Imagine you were offered the ability to obtain the superpower of invisibility, such that whenever you wanted, you can transition back and forth between being visible and invisible. And for the sake of the thought experiment, your ability to turn invisible would also include any articles of clothing you may uh, be wearing. So then this way you don't have to jump through hoops in order to utilize this power you have. And the only contingency is that once you're granted this ability, you'll never be able to get rid of it. Would you accept this superpower or not? For most people, this proposal would seem like a no-brainer. Of course, why wouldn't I want this power? We will only think of the upside and always consider that having more power is better than having less. We'll probably think of all the interesting and cool things someone could do with this power. You know, in the case of an emergency, if they feel targeted or threatened, they could simply just turn invisible. Uh, if they see an injustice and they want to stand up to the person, they could dole out justice and not worry about being retaliated against. Or even for the sake of amusement, you want to prank your friends, you want to play a joke on someone, uh, you can do that without repercussions. But it probably won't take long before such power can quickly go down dark paths. For those who want to maintain righteousness and have a moral compass, this can pose quite the dilemma. For instance, you could access a movie, a concert, or any kind of exclusive event without having to pay or be on any sort of guest list. And that's a form of theft. You could spy on others and see what people are saying when they don't think you're watching. You know, you want to know what your friends and family are saying about you when they think you aren't around? Want to be able to spy on your neighbors in the privacy of their own homes? A person who can turn invisible can steal and never would have to work a day in their lives. They could walk up to a bank in broad daylight, stuff all the cash into an invisible bag, and walk right out and no one would be the wiser. And let's say you have a vendetta. There was a kid who picked at you in school, and now you could walk up to him in broad daylight and punch him right in the nose, and no one would hold you accountable. Or let's say you had much grander ambitions. Uh, you want to get into uh, uh, espionage and infiltrate the most secret facilities in the world and influence communities, nations, geopolitics. You could easily blackmail and coerce individuals to do your bidding, to push society in the direction you want with this superpower. Now, knowing these possibilities of being able to enter the dark side with such a superpower, you know, the question is, do you really want to have that responsibility? As God-fearing individuals who believe that all these acts mentioned are sinful and should be avoided, lest it sends us to hell. Would you trust yourself with such superpower and the willpower not to misuse this ability? While this thought experiment may seem far-fetched, it's actually not as far-fetched as we make it out to be. See, God gave all his creatures the same opportunity, a great responsibility, but it was only the human being who accepted it, and by doing so, proved to be transgressing and ignorant. In Surah 33, verse 72, it says, We have offered the responsibility, the freedom of choice, to the heavens and the earth and the mountains, but they refused to bear it and were afraid of it. But the human being accepted it. He was transgressing ignorant. God offered this responsibility, the freedom of choice, one of the greatest powers bestowed upon any of God's creatures. 
And the vast majority of God's creatures, this includes every single ant, mosquito, planet, star, mountain, tree, every single one of these creatures were afraid of this responsibility because the possibility that if this power was misused, it could send these people to hell for all of eternity. But the human being was arrogant and thought that they knew better and thought that they could wield this power and not use it to send themselves to hell. And because of this, the vast majority of humans are going to be in for a very rude awakening when they realize that by accepting this responsibility, that it was this responsibility that led them to hell. God gave us the power to be able to distinguish right from wrong, to make decisions for ourselves, to be able to submit or object, to be able to either accept what God tells us and draw closer to Him or reject what God tells us and go astray. And with any power that is given, there also comes a great responsibility. And it was this hubris on the human's part that we thought we could handle such powers. And we're seeing firsthand how the vast majority of humans abuse such powers to draw further away from God, to denounce God, to spend this life chasing the worldly materials of this world at the expense of their eternal life in the hereafter. Every single provision that God gives to His people can either be used as a blessing or a curse. If it draws us closer to God, then it's good. If it has us fall into sin in defiance of God, then it's bad. And God tells us out of His mercy, He only sends it in limited quantities because if He gave us more than we can handle, we would transgress. In Surah 42 verse 27, it says, If God increased the provision for His servants, they would transgress on earth. This is why He sends it precisely measured to whomever He wills, God is fully cognizant and seer of His servants. It is an absolute blessing that God does not give us more than we can handle. And many of the people who have these excess amounts of wealth and power and status, it's only given to them to confirm their sinfulness, to show just how evil they are. But out of God's blessing and grace, He doesn't allow all of us to have this level of status and power and control and provisions because if we had it, it would only send us astray and we'd have to pay the price for that for all of eternity. One of the greatest provisions that someone can have that God can bestow upon them is knowledge. And we see that this is what God gave the human being that distinguished us from other creatures. In Surah 2, verse 31 through 33, it reads, He taught Adam all the names and presented them to the angels, saying, Give me the names of these if you are right. They said, Be you glorified. We have no knowledge except that which you taught us. You are the omniscient most wise. He said, O Adam, tell them their names. When he told them their names, he said, Did I not tell you that I know the secrets of the heavens and the earth? I know what you declare and what you conceal. This shows that Adam was given certain information, the ability to be able to distinguish, to give names to objects and things, to be able to use his cognitive capacities to discern, and most specifically to discern right from wrong. And this is the reason that the human being has a much higher responsibility than other creatures. Other creatures, they have no moral compass. There is no right and wrong. 
similar to a child. If a child doesn't act, you don't hold them to the same level of responsibility as an adult because the excuses you say they don't know better. Recently, in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, there currently is a 500-pound black bear known as Frank the Tank that has been causing havoc on the residents of Tahoe, breaking into dozens of homes and stealing their food. While this action by this bear is unsettling, the response is not the same if it was done by a 500-pound human. The reason is we don't expect the bear to have the same understanding of right and wrong. That, hey, Frank, the tank, you can't go into someone's home and steal their food. (laughs) That you have to lawfully earn it, as we do towards a human being. Therefore, we hold humans more responsible for their actions because of their mental capacity to be able to discern right from wrong which we don't expect from any other creature on this earth aside from humans. As humans, we have an infatuation with knowledge and gaining of understanding. What we fail to take into account is that the knowledge we gain can hurt our souls if used inappropriately. In Surah 16 verse 67 it says, And for the fruits of date palms and grapes you produce intoxicants as well as good provisions. This should be sufficient proof for people who understand. If we never knew how to make intoxicants, then we would never be tempted by intoxication. But by simply knowing how to create this and the effects it has on our mental faculties, all of a sudden we created a test for ourselves that now we have to exert willpower to overcome. Consider the Manhattan Project and the making of the nuclear bomb. This technology could have been used for good or evil, but once this knowledge was revealed to the human being, then we had the responsibility of deciding how to choose to use it. And now, ever since its creation, there's always this thought in the back of people's minds of the possibility of nuclear war. That all of a sudden, some country, some rogue actor, could detonate a nuclear bomb and cause havoc on millions of people. That by unlocking this knowledge, we just gave ourselves a whole lot more responsibility. God gives us the example of this dangerous knowledge through the story of Solomon and what the angels taught his kingdom. In Surah 2, verse 1 and 2, it reads, They pursued what the devils taught concerning Solomon's kingdom. Solomon, however, was not a disbeliever, but the devils were disbelievers. They taught the people sorcery, and that which was sent down through the two angels of Babel, Harut and Merut. These two did not divulge such knowledge without pointing out, This is a test. You shall not abuse such knowledge. But the people used it in such evil schemes as the breaking up of marriages. They can never harm anyone against the will of God. They thus learn what hurts them, not what benefits them. And they know full well that whoever practices witchcraft will have no share in the hereafter. Miserable indeed is what they sell their souls for if they only knew. Now I have theories as far as what this information was. But God willing, we'll save that for another episode. The takeaway here is that there was knowledge that God bestowed to these certain people. And then the ones who pursued it wanted to use it for nefarious means. Meaning that once that knowledge was given down, then the test began. Are the people going to use it to draw closer to God or repel from the path of God and fall into sin and ultimately 
set a path for themselves to hell. Anytime we are blessed with knowledge, with provisions, with status, with power, with leadership, this comes with a great responsibility. How are we going to use this power? We see in Surah 38, verse 30 through 40, the example of Solomon, who happened to have been one of the most powerful kings who ever lived on this planet. And we see what took place for him to get here. Now, Solomon was already born into royalty because he was the son of King David. And we read, it says, To David we granted Solomon a good and obedient servant. One day he became preoccupied with beautiful horses until the night fell. He then said, I enjoyed the material things more than I enjoyed worshipping my Lord until the sun was gone. Bring them back to bid farewell. He rubbed their legs and necks. We thus put Solomon to the test. We blessed him with vast material wealth, but he steadfastly submitted. We see here that Solomon had these beautiful prized horses. And because he spent his time focusing on his horses rather than doing his salat until the night fell, that out of sincerity to God to show that this was not an idol for him, he let the horses go free. This is indicative to show that Solomon cared more about righteousness than he did about the vast material wealth that God gave him. Because it says that despite all the wealth he was blessed with, he steadfastly submitted. And I believe he really wanted to show that he was capable of not putting the worldly possessions over his relationship with God that we read in 3835 says, He said, My Lord, forgive me and grant me a kingship never attained by anyone else. You are the grantor. And he's telling God, he's asking God, says, Look, put me to the test and I will show you that I will steadfastly submit, that I will not be distracted by these material possessions. And we see the response in 38-36 as we answered his prayer and committed the wind at his disposal, pouring rain wherever he wanted, and the devils building and diving. Others were placed at his disposal. This is our provision to you. You may give generously or withhold without limits. He has deserved an honorable position with us and a wonderful abode. From these verses, we see that Solomon had a kingship like no other kingship before, that he even had the jinns working on his behalf, that they could do his bidding. And he was put to the test through these provisions, and we see that he steadfastly persevered, that he wasn't deterred from following the path of God. And how many people in history who were put in such positions of even having a fraction of the status, the power, the authority of Solomon, misuse those powers to oppress other people, to create a tyranny, to subjugate and harm others only to benefit themselves in this world at the expense of themselves in the hereafter. We see that when Solomon had all this wealth, all this power, the level of care he had for the ones who had the least, we see this example that when Solomon was traveling, he was marching on a mission with his obedient soldiers of jinns and humans and the birds all at his disposal. We see how he interacts with those who felt threatened by him. 
In Surah 27, verse 17 through 19, it reads, Mobilizing the service of Solomon were his obedient soldiers of jinns and humans, as well as the birds, all at his disposal. When they approached the valley of the ants, one ant said, O oh, you ants, go into your homes, lest you get crushed by Solomon and his soldiers without perceiving. He, Solomon, smiled and laughed at our statement and said, My Lord, direct me to be appreciative of the blessings you have bestowed upon me and my parents and to do the righteous works that please you. Admit me by your mercy into the company of your righteous servants. Here we have Solomon with all his troops marching and he's listening to the concerns of a lowly ant to hear what are the things that they're concerned about. Now, how many people with all this power, all this might, all this authority, go and march and destroy the lives of others without the least bit of remorse of other human beings, let alone the lowly ant. The leaders of this world have a much greater responsibility than those who have less. And God gives them these provisions, these authority, this power, this might to see how do they use it. Do they use it to establish justice, to establish virtue, to create a moral society? Or do they use it only to oppress and to drive a tyranny on the masses without the least concern for the individual's lives that are being destroyed by these tyrants? Consider Pharaoh or Karun. These are individuals that God blessed them with tons of provisions, tons of status, tons of control. Pharaoh's known as the possessor of stakes that he could dictate who lives or dies according to his eyes. But God used all this to confirm just how sinful and disgusting of a person Pharaoh was. That he was under the impression that these blessings he had were for his good when realistically it was only used to set his path for an eternity in hell. In Surah 3 verse 178 it reads, let not the disbelievers think that we lead them on for their own good. We only lead them on to confirm their sinfulness. They have incurred a humiliating retribution. As stated in the previous episode, the purpose of us being here is to bring out our true convictions. Someone who's deeply sinful at heart is going to have to have more power, more provisions, more control to be able to show just the level of their sinfulness. And similarly, someone who is more righteous, deep down in their heart, God is going to give them more in order to confirm that under all these circumstances, they still worship God alone, that they still have moral integrity. And don't think that you or I are off the hook because we don't command large armies, we don't run nations. But know that every single person is responsible for what they have. The fact that we have this knowledge, we have the Quran, makes us more responsible. If, despite having this information, we still choose to go astray, our retribution will be more severe than someone who does not have access to this information. We see that in Surah 5, verse 112 through 115, the example of Jesus and his disciples. It reads, Recall that the disciples said, O Jesus, son of Mary, can your Lord send down to us a feast from the sky? He said, You should reverence God if you are believers. They said, We wish to eat from it and to reassure our hearts and to know for sure that what you told us is the truth. We will serve as witnesses thereof. Said Jesus, son of Mary, 
Our God, our Lord, send down to us a feast from the sky. Let it bring plenty for each and every one of us and a sign from you. Provide for us, you are the best provider. God said, I am sending it down. Anyone among you who disbelieves after this, I will punish him as I never punished anyone else. And this shows that the more we have, the more we're responsible for. Even if we're not leaders and dictators of nations, that the information we have in this Quran, the proofs that God has given us, only makes us more responsible. So while the leaders will have their share of responsibility, this does not absolve us from our share of responsibility as well. That we continue doing the things that please God, that we stand on the side of justice, that we are devoted to God alone at every place of worship, that our life, our death, everything is committed to God alone. That if we're able to maintain righteousness despite having a little or a lot, that God willing, God will forgive us on the day of judgment, that God will admit us back into his kingdom, and that we will not have regretted this decision we made to decide to take on that responsibility when God gave it to us, despite the fact that every other creature in God's domain were afraid of it. But the human being, we accepted it. We were transgressing and ignorant. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please join us on Discord. Uh, invite link is below. Uh, if you want to follow along the verses of the Quran, please download the Quran Study app on the iOS App Store. If you don't have an iOS device, you can go to QuranStudyApp.com website. And until next time, peace and God bless.